Hello my friends, welcome to another episode of Matt Loves Cameras. Well, another ported across YouTube video is probably what it should be called because I bring you today a fascinating discussion with Bellamy Hunt from Japan, Camera Hunter. This went live in January on my Matt Loves Cameras YouTube channel. I've been meaning to pull it across to the podcast for a couple of weeks now, so sorry about the delay, but here it is. It really is a fascinating discussion we talk about the new Pentax cameras, we talk about point and shoots, we talk about the Fuji film freezer, we talk about places to go to in Japan to take photos and buy cameras and all sorts of very cool stuff. So it really is a good discussion. I hope you enjoy it. That's coming up in about two minutes time. So I just wanted to let you know that hopefully within the next week, we'll actually have a real bona fide podcast coming along for you. I'm hoping to wrap up the expo competition with Mr. Matthew Joseph in the next few days, maybe Friday or Saturday this week. Uh, we'll see which evening Mr. Joseph is available. I think there's only six or seven more entries to go through and then we have to crown a winner. So that is coming up very soon. I'm so sorry about the delay. We've had some scheduling conflicts, but hopefully we will finish that off once and for all very soon. So look out for that. Now, the only other thing I want to tell you before we crack on into the JCH uh, audio is that I had a lovely Sunday afternoon with a longtime listener of the podcast, Mr. Alan Marr, who is at the Film Sweats on Instagram. Alan came up to the Gold Coast for a conference and for, it was obviously for his work. And he said, hey, are you free? We could go for a photo walk. So I headed down. I thought, right, I'm going to head down about four o'clock because it gets really hot here in the afternoon. It's still very summery here and the sun is uh, very fierce and aggressive and my skin is very white. So I said to Alan, I'll leave at four. I'll be down at five. That'll give us like a couple hours before it gets dark. I actually got delayed on the way down because Sting was playing at a winery near where I live. So uh, Sting and the police were in concert and the traffic was terrible. Uh, but I eventually got down there to the Gold Coast, met up with Alan. We had a very nice walk around Surface Paradise for about an hour. And then Alan took me to a teppanyaki restaurant. It was his shout. It was very, very generous and kind of him. We had an absolutely fantastic time with the chef throwing prawns and egg fried rice and all sorts at us so thank you alan it was a wonderful afternoon and uh, yeah but i should do that more often with people shouldn't i one last plug if you haven't done so already make sure you check out my free photography newsletter it comes out every friday night in north america or every saturday here in australia it's mattlovescameras.substack.com check it out anyway here is the audio with japan camera hunter mr bellamy hunt here we go Hello, everyone. So today I am very lucky to be joined by a very special guest with me for a chat about all things film photography, one of the best known and most influential personalities on the film photography scene worldwide. I am, of course, he's shaking his head, but I am, of course, talking about Mr. Bellamy Hunt from Japan, Camera Hunter. How are you, Bellamy? I'm very well, Matt. Thanks for having me on your show. Um, yeah, yeah, and the flattering introduction. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> blushing a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think I'd ever class myself as that, but yeah. Oh, I think you are. Thanks. A lot of people do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on. I'm really looking forward to it. And, That's great. Uh, yeah. Excellent. So, for the people who might be listening or watching through YouTube or through the podcast who haven't heard of you, I'm sure there's only probably a very small handful of people who haven't heard of you. But can you sort of tell us a little bit about yourself and and what you do? And, and yeah, sure. Um, so my name is Bellamy Hunt and I run japancamerahunter.com, um, which I've been doing for the last 10 years with not just myself, the help of others too. And um, I sell and source fine film cameras um, around the world, not just cameras, lenses, camera accessories, everything sort of film photography related. And we also mm -hmm. run uh, Japan Camera Hunter as a site so that where people can have their work shared and and you know you can see up and coming photographers mm. it, so it's not just about selling gear it's about photography and film photography and and sort of promoting the whole community 
Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I guess my first question is this. I'm an avid watcher of your Instagram live streams, uh, which seem to be very popular. You you get a lot of people watching concurrently all around the world. And, uh, you know, you're you're very, uh, very good at doing the live streams and handling, (laughs) handling the crowd and all that. Um, But I must I must say you get asked about a lot of cameras uh, during those live streams. So I guess looking back at the last 10, 15 years or however long you've been selling cameras, what yeah. camera do you get asked about the most? Um, that's probably going to be the cameras that I'm known for, really. Um, the Nikon F3, the Leica M6, Leica MP. Uh, those are the ones that I get mm-hmm. just, you know, a ton of requests for. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny because uh, sometimes a camera will be featured on somebody else's video and I'll just all of a sudden get a whole load of ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I'm looking for, you know, yeah. I'm looking for the RZ67 because yeah. someone got on their video or something. It's but crazy. generally it's uh, either contacts, you know, contacts T2s, T3s, that sort mm-hmm. of thing, or uh, Leica and Nikon, uh, sure. particularly F3, FM3. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one question I've got for later on in, in my sort of order of questions, but I might just do them out of order. Um, now, a few years ago, I, like I've read in your site, the Rico GR guide, which is fantastic. But you do say yeah. at the bottom of the Rico GR guide, I'm no longer, I think this is from 2012. I'm no longer selling yeah. these cameras. They're too unreliable. I don't want to sell people a lemon. But I have noticed yeah. recently, you've, you've got a, a few point and shoots back on the JCH website. So I never stopped selling uh, point and shoot cameras. Mm-hmm. Um I stopped sourcing them. Sure. Okay. Right. So I, I didn't want to go and find a camera from somewhere and then have them, you know, a month later at brick. Yeah. Uh, so I decided that if I was going to sell compact cameras, um, they would only come from places that I trusted. Yep. I would sell them on consignment or I would sell them directly knowing that they had been either tra- treated very well or in some yeah. way refurbished or CLA or, or something to that effect. So I have been selling um, point and shoots, but with a notable exception being the Ricoh. Sure. And the reason why is because once they stopped being serviced by Ricoh, I didn't have anywhere to have them serviced. Mm. And so there was just no way I could guarantee the Ricoh, which is a crying shame because it's a great camera. Mm. Um, but I also felt like the prices were getting a bit out of whack as well. And I didn't want to, you know, add fuel to the fire. Yeah, it, sure. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I miss selling those. I liked having the Ricoh around. I liked yeah. shooting with it. Yep. Um, but we which did, one was your yeah. favorite, the GR One V or um, GR One V? Yeah, mm, yep. yeah, um, or GR Twenty One. Yep, you didn't mind like the that. super wide angle. Yeah, I did. I really liked that one. It was perfect for the street stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, but but yeah, we we still kept on selling and. Every now and again, if I find something really weird, esoteric, you mm-hmm. know, I still want to be able to sell it. So, uh, but only if I know that I can guarantee it's going to be good. Great. Now, I think recently on an Instagram live, probably going back to last year, uh, I think you yep. said you were sending some, I think it was GR cameras to somewhere in Poland yep. for repair. Yes. Have you heard, had any yep. uh, progress with getting them repaired yet or? Frustratingly, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, this guy, we were contacted by uh, a chap who said, I can repair these cameras. And we said, really? You know, fantastic. Um, yeah. Send us a list of what you can repair. And yeah. he sent me a list. And so I gathered three or four, um, you know, from friends, GRs, mm-hmm. and said, right, I'll send them over. And I sent them over. And it it's taken like a month and a half just to get a quote out. Uh, of sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I understand he's probably yeah. very busy. It's not his own business. So, you know, I gave him a fair bit of leeway. But, you know, so far it's been a case of, hey, you know, where are the cameras when I mail him? How's it going? What's yeah. the program? Yeah. It's just one line replies back going, yeah, we're just waiting on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so um, I'm sure they're going to be fine. It's just taking a while. But then again, I really would say to anyone, don't expect to have a complex camera repaired in a space of a week yeah you know? yeah for sure even for classic cameras now most places are looking at two three 
six months backlog just for basic CLAs. So. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, I have a lot of uh, electronic cameras. I love point and shoots. And you will hear some people in forums say things like, oh, I only buy mechanical cameras because they can be repaired. But the issue is, unfortunately, uh, repair people are getting older, retiring, um, dying yeah. in some cases, you know, and the yeah. parts are getting less and less. The wait times are blowing out. So although yeah. your mechanical cameras are great, it doesn't necessarily mean if you buy one, you, you know, it's, it's, you know, every life's all peachy sort of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there you yeah, go. well, that's that's yep. entirely true. I mean, mm. there's still stuff on mechanical cameras that breaks, and once it's broken, it's broken. Yeah, you know, true. And not every camera can be replaced or repaired. Or yeah. So um, people, I think, sometimes aren't really cognizant of what can and cannot be done. Yeah, sure. Um, and so I think it sort of pays to do a little bit of research before you go out and buy anything really, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And if, you know, a good example being the contacts two and two A, two B, you know, um, from the looks of it, it's a mechanical camera, you know, shouldn't be a problem, but they have terrible shutter issues, which are really complex and, mm -hmm. you know, really hard to repair and it can end up costing you far more than the camera costs, yeah. you know? Yeah. So you have to just be aware of that, I think. Mm. Yeah. Excellent. So I've actually got, looking at your site, I mean, quite often I look at your for sale page and I kind of think, uh, you know, uh, you know, so many beautiful Leicas and Nikons and other things on there. Um, but I do actually have a few of the cameras that you've got for sale at the moment. I was quite like, wow, I mean, I don't have any, I've only got one Nikon, an FM3A over there and I don't have a Leica, sadly. Uh, but I've got right. a few of the cameras that you have. So I've got this beautiful Ooh, Minolta TC1. You've got it for sale at the moment? Not yes, this one I have. Particular, but... um, I would say that's one of arguably one of my favorite compacts, not in mm. terms of usability. It's got a horrible interface. It's, it, like it's it. the finder is absolutely minuscule, mm. you know, but yeah. the rock or lens on that yeah. is incredible. And that perfectly circular aperture, it makes for some very interesting shots. It's, it's got this aspherical element in it that it shouldn't be in a compact camera. Mm. You know, um, they went to town. They pushed yeah. the boat out when they made that camera. Yeah, awkward, difficult to use, but really great results. So. And it, it has, um, yeah, it has the beautiful four apertures that you can use there. I, yep. I, I really like. It. I mean, it's got this dial on the top, and you know, to yep. it's a weird thing. You sort of swing it around for you know, uh, for manual focus distance or for exposure compensation or change the ISO. It's a really weird thing at first, but you, you kind of get used to it. But you're right, mm. the, the viewfinder is tiny. And I mean, luckily mine doesn't have the issue that a lot of them have is that uh, little tiny little light leak. There um, is a light leak on the top left-hand corner. And yep. I'm not joking. I, I used to have these cameras uh, serviced by Kenko Tokina, Konica Minolta, which mouthful. Yeah. Um, and they no longer offer the service, oh, unfortunately. No. And I would say 70 or 80% of the cameras that I sent were for that exact oh, issue. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it was either that they would brick or that they would have a light leak in yeah. the same spot, which is apparently the light baffles next to the lens. So. Right. Sure. Well, luckily yeah. mine, uh, I got this probably late last year. Luckily mine's okay for the moment. So fingers crossed. Really good. It doesn't develop that issue. The next one. Now this isn't exactly what you've got on your yeah. um, site. This is the, well, I think you might have one of the, I know you've got a black one. T3. We've got two black T2s at yep. the moment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Same deal. Beautiful cameras. Yes. Yeah, very much so. Um, I used them for an awful long time. I really enjoyed using them. Yeah. Uh, I love the lens in it. Love the camera itself. Yeah. Uh, again, it's not perfect. It's the same with any compact, premium mm. compacts. All of them have their caveats. But, yes. um, you know, it's got a good lens. It's it's easy to use it. Really great results. Yeah. It's just the price now. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> and is... the, with this one here, I, I got I bought from Japan actually one through eBay, and it said it was a double tooth. It's single tooth, and yes. uh, what I found out, they um, actually refunded me some money. And guess right, what happened that's... about two months after I got it? Right, that's the tooth the, um, down. It's the uh, the rolling of the dice you have to yes. play with eBay, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. I mean, I've seen, I know places that can replace the uh, the, the teeth on yep. those, but I've seen hacks. I've seen people just put screws in and stuff. So yeah. 
I use the the masking tape method. So there's a in the okay. in the custom settings, you can leave the leader out when it rewinds. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so when I put a roll of film in, I just use a, a two dollar roll of masking tape. How how ridiculous yep. on a two thousand dollar camera that you have to do that, but it works, and I'm I'm still shooting, yep. so I'm grateful for that. Another one that you've got on your site uh, again, again, I think you've got the black one, but the Pen FT. Yeah, Pen FT. Yeah, we've got one of those. Looks yeah. very nice. Your 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 copy of that one. Yeah, it's lovely. I've I've never really shot them that much. Mm -hmm. um, the the half frame pen cameras. I mean, they've they've got a huge following, and yeah. the lenses for those things now are yeah insane. Because mm. people you are know, adapting them out later digital and. Well, people are, it's actually the cine crowd. Oh, right, yep. And so the cine crowd have decided that they want to make primes. And now that they've exhausted the Olympus OM supply and yeah. they've, they've got rid of all of the Leica R supply, you know, yeah. now they're moving on to everything else. And what has been in their sights is the pen series lenses. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. And the last one I got for show and tell here is I know this one here, the Konica Genba. Is it Kantoku? Is that how you say it? Genba Kantoku. It's way better than I could ever uh, try to say it. So this is one that uh, this is the Konica sort of um, site. Is it site foreman sort of camera? Site foreman's camera yep. is. It's yep. basically for builders and construction workers and engineers. So. Yep they could record and they still have versions which are digital now but so that they record record the work going on yep. at building sites or jobs and things like that so the thing about the Gempa Kantoku is you know there's multiple versions but all mm. of them have really really good lens yeah um and it's so that they can have you know very little distortion you know yes. and very good rendition um because they need that for work so mm. yeah i actually have uh, the zoom one at the oh, moment nice. yep um i've got all of the versions um but i've kind of slowly given them like i gave one to my son of yeah given one, away, you know, given one away there but um i've still got the 35 and the power zoom which is a 28 to 56 wow yeah do you have any really nice orange ones or anything like I that i don't they are a stinker to find oh really um, yeah there was the orange ones, the green ones, and the blue ones. Blue ones, yeah. It was a weird blue-gray color, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, they've become really hard to find now. So I've just... And there's a price premium put yeah. on them because yeah. of the color. And I don't care. Yeah. It's really works the same. I, I yeah. just wanted a color. I just wanted a, a compact camera that worked, that yeah. didn't break when I dropped it. Yeah. So, Absolutely. They're pretty tough. And I know you go out riding with yours, don't you, on your, on your bicycle? Um, sometimes, yeah. Mm. Uh, I, but yes, we I have taken them out on the bike. Yeah. And... It's a little bit big yeah. for the purpose. I'd rather have something like the Olympus Silas or the Mule, whatever sure. it's called. Yeah. Um, but they're just not up to the task. Yeah. You know, if you dropped so, it or. Yeah. No, yeah. That's, it's finished if you drop one of those. So. Right. So as well yeah. as a few of my friends here that I noticed on your website for sale, there was a very, I mean, beautiful, amazing stuff you've got on there, you know, like Nick, just amazing array of stuff for sale on the JCH website. There was something I've never seen before and yeah. I, it was completely weird. And I wonder if you could tell us about that. I, I'll try and pronounce it here. The site's round shot 28 to 20. Um, yeah, actually. Um, yeah. That's a very cool camera. We just got it the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's made by Alpa. Right. Uh, and it's a 360 true panoramic camera yep. on 120 or 220 film. Wow. That uses a Nikon PC28 lens from a 35 millimeter camera, which yep. is a tilt shift lens. Right. <laughs> um, so you can get a 360. Well, you can actually take it up to infinite spins yep. until the film runs out. So you could get true 360s which is more like a 4 420 or a 480 yeah. so that you can get the cut off to get the perfect image mm -hmm. if you know what I mean but it will take if you just do 360s and it, it's on a battery pack um I've actually got it over there but I don't want to yeah. skip on yeah and it's on a battery pack and you can program how your shutter speed you can you know the speed you want it to turn you can program uh how many revolutions wow and it will tell you how many shots you will get from a roll wow that's pretty cool from that so a 120 doing 360s is going to get about 4.2 4.3 shots yeah 
So it's it's not a cheap thing to use. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but um, we I, I've actually been waiting for the sun to come out so I can go and play with it. Yeah. And it's been just ghastly for the last two, three, four days. Yep. But I'm planning on taking it um, a few places and trying it out. Uh, just more than anything, just because I've not used one before and I, yeah. I love to go with it. But it is what looks to be a fascinating camera. Mm. And it's got remotes release, so you don't actually oh, have cool. to be in frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can trigger the it. 360 yeah. without yeah. capturing your, your mid-section. <laughs> yes, excellent. I mean, when do you take a camera out? I mean... Is it ever, I mean, will you review that camera or do you sometimes just like to take cameras out and shoot with them, not yeah, under the pressure of... Like yeah. I mean, we do take cameras out to review. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't done a lot of reviews lately, but um, Michael does a lot yep. of reviews. We do take cameras out if we find something interesting or we want to share them on the YouTube channel. Sure. But that's a case of having the time to do so yeah as well, you know making youtube videos is extremely time time intensive that's right yeah. yeah yeah so but sometimes i just like to take things out for the sake of mm. taking them out yeah you know um and i think that's a really nice feeling uh, yeah. to be able to have the luxury to do that um, do, do you I, think that sometimes when you do a review or you're, you know i've got to do a review of this or i've got to do an, a blog about it do you think that kind of kills the fun sometimes? Yeah, it does. It puts a bit of pressure on it. Yeah. Um, unless it's something that it's really esoteric and you've not tried before and you just get into it anyway. But if yeah. it's just like, I have to review this camera. Yeah. Well, I guess so, you know. Um, but generally, it, it's more, I like just to try them out. And if I like it, then I'll perhaps do a review on it or yeah. bid or something to that effect, you know. Yeah. Brilliant. So one thing I know from watching your Instagram lives, Bellamy, is that there is probably one question that you get asked more than anything else. And of course, people are just clamoring to know a bit more about Fugu film. Now, I don't want to be that guy that asks you again about it. But I mean, is there is there anything, any kind of exclusive update that you can give us about it? Um, at the moment? No, not really. Uh, I, we just finished testing the latest batch. Sure. That I can tell you um and it's currently on its way to uh be processed yeah um which is not as easy as it sounds because yep. it has to go back to the manufacturer to be processed right certain conditions yeah so, um is that because it's commercial in confidence or just because there's a particular processing technique oh, yeah it's commercial in confidence and um also uh, there's too many imbalances, variables. Sure. You know, uh, the lab might not have cleaned their machine. The lab might not have replaced their chems or or some yeah. things. Yeah. It's not something that we want to put to chance no. and come back and go, oh, sorry, we lost your roles or, you know. Yeah. 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 So, um, so it's been a very time intensive process. I, uh, I don't have a lot more information. I can that's all right. That's all right. I'll, I don't want to be like, I don't want to badge you about that. I guess I just have two, two smaller questions is that, yeah. you know, people are very excited that it's a 400 speed uh, color transparency film. Is yeah. it harder to make a 400 speed color transparency film than a 100 say? Yes, very much so. Very much so. Very much harder. You have to work your way up to 400. You don't start at just making a 400 you know sure. it starts with a base of uh, a 180 or a 230 or a 240 and and you work your way up to get yeah. to the 400 and the higher you want to go the eight the 16 the harder it gets yeah sure um so we've been having to work our way up for quite a long time and there's been a lot of sort of things that have happened which have slowed it down obviously mm. i mean worldwide pandemic hasn't been the greatest mm. thing yep you know? um followed by a war in ukraine and so on and so forth a yep. worldwide economic shutdown slowdown so it's put a real um sort of it's it's really gummed up the works mm. so, um we still we still have to just keep on working behind the scenes and and hoping 
yeah final question and i I fingers crossed and i hope it goes very smoothly from now on the final question about fugu do you think and you don't have to answer but do you think we'll see it on shelves in 2023 i would like to hope so yes i'm Um, sure i'm sure a lot of people would yeah fantastic i would like to hope so and i'm i'm hopeful yeah uh we'll have to see fingers crossed we're all uh, we're all rooting for you Fingers yeah. crossed. Thank you. Do my <laughs> yeah. best. Yes, absolutely. No, no pressure from the, the film community. <laughs> um, so uh, we're actually very excited in our household because uh, at Easter, we're actually coming to Japan. We haven't been anywhere for three years. We last went to the UK uh, to see my wife's what? family over there. So we're coming yep. back to Japan in March. And, nice. um, you know, we're hoping to see, we're going to Sapporo. We're hoping, hoping there's be snow in Sapporo in March. We're not sure. There will be. Oh, excellent, brilliant, yeah, good, good. Um, um, we're not we're not much of skiers. We're probably just like a make a snow person. You know that that oh, probably do us. That. <laughs> oh, excellent, good. Yeah. And then we go to Osaka and Kyoto and Tokyo. Hopefully, see the sakura, the the cherry blossom as well. Fingers crossed. When are you coming in March? Uh late March. So it's right at the end of March, and we're coming through to about the tenth of April, I think. You catch sakura. You'll ca- yeah. You might catch the end of it around oh, Tokyo. Really? The end of it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, I think I think it's forecasted a little bit early this year. So oh, okay, cool. Fingers not crossed. Not entirely sure though. Yeah. Um, there is actually a website you can go and check. It's the Sakura forecast. Oh, awesome! Wow, yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Brilliant. So Excellent. It will tell you where things are. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So, in terms of um, you know Sapporo and Osaka and Kyoto, is the camera the use sort of camera scene, the film camera scene? Is it as? I mean, I'm guessing it's not quite as big as as Tokyo, but is there still active communities there that you know of or? Sure. I don't know much about Sapporo. Um, I've only been there a couple of times on you know short breaks. Sure. Um, I haven't really spent any time there. I've, I've heard that there's quite an upcoming, you know, sort of photo community there. Yeah. I'm not sure about stores wise. I, yeah. I don't know of any. Osaka and Kyoto again. Um, I don't spend a huge amount of time there. They're sort of places that I go visit. It's, it's quite a way actually to, yeah. to go. Um, people kind of forget Japan's actually huge. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, um, but yeah, Kyoto and um, Osaka definitely have a camera scene. There's, in particular, Osaka. There's a mm. number of uh, quite well-known camera stores. Oh, excellent. Uh, there, and Kyoto too. Kyoto also has a couple of really good camera book stores, but they are very expensive. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, really good stuff though. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I, I would say that the main uh, sort of the main crux of of the the camera industry, as it were, the used camera industry is in Tokyo. Sure. And is there any particular neighborhoods that you, you know, tell people to visit when they come along, either in terms of the camera shops or just because they're old traditional Japanese neighborhoods? Yeah, I mean, so for the camera shops, I always tell people to go and hit Shinjuku mm-hmm. because obviously Shinjuku's got a lot of stores and Ginza. There's actually a, a really good map resource on our website, which yes. we've put up, which lists a lot of the camera stores. Recently updated that, didn't you? Yeah, yep. we had, uh, we've updated it. We need to update it again because there's more stores that have appeared. Oh, wow. Basically. Yeah. Um, so we we're probably going to have to do that at some point but um they, yeah there's a lot of places to go for stores in tokyo you know ginza and all mm-hmm. of this but then shooting wise it, it sometimes it's a bit different you want to see perhaps something a bit more old school a mm. bit more Japanese, yeah. old era showa era shoda jedi as they say or something you know so then you have to sort of go out to the suburbs a little bit um because a lot of central tokyo is very heavily developed and very frequently heavily developed Mm -hmm. so having not been for three plus years you're going to go to places and go hey where did where did that where did that entire (laughs) building go yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. that was a department store there and now it's not Mm. Uh, um so i we are in western tokyo Mm -hmm. and there is i like uh uh, nakano and koenji and asagaya they still retain that sort of really great old vibe to them um also a little bit of northern tokyo like nippori and places like that around ueno and above ueno are really nice um there's still a lot of interesting stuff to see there i i tend to find shinjuku and shibuya and all of this they're just 
really heavily overdeveloped now. Yeah. They've lost a sense of character. Sure. So it's a case of maybe getting on the train for 20 minutes or, you know, to get a bit yeah. out and you'll yeah. find, or even just walking from the center, you just pick a direction and go and see what you find. Yeah. We, we do that sometimes and it's great fun. Excellent. Well, I've, yeah. um, I have actually, I, I think I saw on your YouTube, you went to the JCII museum. Mm -hmm. Is that the right? We've got the name right. Yep. And um, yep. so that's actually on my on my list. Uh, my son wants to go to a cafe. It's a cafe in Tokyo where there's not only cats. There's a capybara, which is a South American rodent, apparently. Oh, I'm uh, I'm very familiar with capybara. Oh, yeah. are you? <laughs> Excellent. I had to explain to my mother yesterday what a capybara was. So I, I said to my son, I made a deal with him. I said, I'll take you to the capybara cat cafe. But you have to come to the Cameron Museum. He wasn't particularly impressed, but he's agreed to it. So <laughs> there are a proliferation of these um, uh, cafes around yeah. Tokyo. There is one next to my gym, which is the Penguin yeah. Cafe. No and way. Penguins in there. No way. I'll have to right? tell you about that. And I, I haven't been in, but I thought to myself, God, it must stink. Yeah. It must absolutely yeah. stink. Because I've been yeah. around penguins and, whew, yeah, you know. Um, there's also a Hedgehog Cafe. There's an no Owl way. Cafe. This is yeah. just in the county. <laughs> The suburb that yeah. you know, I mean, there's there's all of these uh, these places, yeah. you know, where you go and handle pets and drink coffee. That's the um, thing. I think I think I might just get a coffee and we'll pay the admission. I don't think I'll be getting any food or anything, and I'll I'll be no. guarding my coffee. You know, I don't want capybara or penguin, you know, hair or capybara fur. are pretty big. Yeah, um, they're very docile though. Mm. Um, they're very chill. So chances are, I mean, they. They're not going to have a wild animal <laughs> running around, just yeah. letting loose on you. Yeah. They're, they're in yeah. would never allow yeah. it. it. Um, yeah, there, there's there's a ton of those things. Yeah, mm. I think you've stopped a pretty good deal because that camera museum's way bigger than a, a capybara cafe. Oh, I see. Yeah. Excellent. Might be there for a while. Sounds yeah. good. And so also thinking about, um, you know, I was looking at the other day, I was doing some research about, you know, things to do in Tokyo, even though I've been twice before, things change all the time. And I did mm. see near, I think near Tokyo, the uh, main station, there is some kind of antique market. I can't remember what it's called now for the life of me. But I yeah, mean, do, there was, are there many? Um, Setagaya Flea Market, but mm -hmm. it's only just started reopening. Um, I think they had one last weekend. Okay. Are they the kind I, of places that you would you would find cameras or not or um not really not anymore or mm. i mean you used to be able to there 10 years ago you know because people were just clearing out their stuff but yeah. now people got a bit more savvy and there's yeah. online platforms like mercari where they can sell their things so they just yeah. do that instead um now the antiques market are generally more for actual antiques sure. and and furniture and you know that sort of stuff there are no really there's well i've never seen a car boot sale here i don't think they exist yeah because like uh, i guess a lot of people wouldn't have cars would they or well they do they're just not going to sell stuff from okay, back, at the back of the british way <laughs> i mean there, there's the classifieds in this country are totally different mm. from what we're used to you know you yeah. don't find classifieds selling cars or selling cameras or anything like that people mm. just take it to the shop they bought it from and sell it back to them oh wow including cars yeah yeah um i i know of almost no people who've sold their cars personally they've always just sold them back to the dealer yeah you know um and that's how it works and it's the same really with cameras in yeah. many cases and in fact to the to the case that i know of a camera store which has been open for more than 50 years here in Tokyo and I was speaking to the owner and you know he's in his 90s now and wow. and I said he had a wonderful uh black paint Lycra M3 in and I said oh that's absolutely gorgeous where did that come from he said one of my old customers bought it 40 years ago wow passed away and um his family found the receipt and bought it back to us wow <laughs> gosh it's <laughs> amazing um, along with a, a hefty payday, I think. Yeah. Did you buy it? Oh, no, no. <laughs> that one was way too much for me, yeah. too rich. But... Yeah. So as well as, say, the JCII Museum and, you know, camera store, camera shops, are there anything else in Tokyo that you'd recommend for photographers? Nikon Museum, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
um definitely worth a look um it's always fun there is also um there's a plethora of galleries here sure there's the epson have one fujifilm have one canon have one which have always got rotating exhibits um and in there you can also find a lot of cards for smaller galleries oh, and exhibits and yeah. place m and all of these sort of there's there's tons of uh you know rat hole and all of this there's tons of galleries all over tokyo yeah um which uh good uh, you know good day out good to find there's yeah. also bookshops you know in jimbocho and places like that uh-huh. um, which photo books galore mm. you know i think if anyone went to nakano broadway in nakano and just walked around there you could spend a solid day walking around there just looking for books looking for cameras yeah. and taking photos of the weird back streets yeah wow okay so it's Nakano, is it yeah okay and if you're into watches that place is like gold as well so Thank- thankfully not <laughs> i've got, I've got it, it's kind of this weird place it's it's got cameras it's got watches and then yeah. it's got highly collectible rare japanese toys trading cards wow magazines manga figurines yeah it's 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 a geeks uh aladdin's paradise yeah yeah absolutely brilliant i'm really looking forward to the trip so thank you for the tips there Uh, so i've just got a few more questions hopefully you've got another 10 minutes or so i've just got a few more questions to finish off is that okay excellent so these are kind of just completely random questions that don't fit into anything um so i'm not sure if you know anything about this but i did hear once that polaroid was never popular in Japan because Japanese consumers didn't like the palette. The palette was a little bit almost alternative reality, almost it wasn't very lifelike. And uh, they, they took more to say the Instax, uh, which of course came out of the Kodak's uh, technology. Have you ever heard that or is that just something yes. people? Okay. I have heard this actually. Um, and it's not, you're not the first person to have mentioned this to me. I have heard this before. I don't know of the veracity of it. Yep. Exactly. Um, but I, I do know that Polaroid was certainly less popular here than the Fuji yep. um, stuff because Fuji had their own peel apart, which was the FP. Mm. And that was a more sensitive color tone to, I think, the Japanese market, which is a really appealing color tone as well. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, they discontinued that as Fuji's want to do. Um, <laughs> You know, I'm uh, not going to go too deep into that one, but uh, yeah, the, so I, I, there was a lot of, well, there used to be a fair amount of Polaroid cameras available here, but I don't wow. think ever on the level that you would find them overseas. Sure, sure. You know? um, and t- it tended to be more the land cameras, yep. things like that, which could utilize the Fuji pack mm. film anyway. Yeah. So I still yeah, have about maybe dozen... there is some truth to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I still have about a dozen uh packs of FP one hundred C and I've got a couple of land camera. I've got the big shot up there somewhere. But I'm it's right. kind of the point now where I'm kind of scared to to use them because they're so expensive, but I, I will definitely have to try and do that this year. Um, yes. Speaking of Fujifilm, uh, I just bought some Superior 400 here with the expiry yep. date of 2025. Now, mm-hmm. again, uh, I'm, I'm hoping I'm not uh, asking you a sensitive question here, but I mean, what do you, do you, do you know anything? Do you, is there any whispers on the ground? Like, do you think Fujifilm are still actually producing film or is it, you know, there was a conspiracy theory about the old master rolls in a freezer somewhere. What, what's your take on all of that? It's not a conspiracy theory. Really? As far as I'm concerned, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly well in tune with the the what's going on here, and I know people who are in contact with Fujifilm, and I know at the last annual general shareholders meeting there was no mention of film at all. Wow. Um, the only mention, the only reference to anything even slightly film related was Instax. Mm-hmm. which there is a heavy focus on and the cosmetic industry yes which spin-off of the um a spin-off of the uh chemical industry which was the film industry mm. i don't believe that fujifilm are producing any roles of their own emulsions now right um the requirements they would have to make them would be absolutely enormous 
And from an I, environmental sort of point of view, do you mean? Not or? just environmental. I mean, the, the, the production levels that they would have to make um, so that they could turn what they consider a profit, a meaningful profit, would be astronomical. Mm. Um, you know, whereas they used to have these machines running every day, 24 hours a day, they're, they're not the sort of machines you can just switch on and switch off when you need them. Sure, sure. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Um, fortunately, yeah. Um, you know, once you switch them off, they might not switch back on. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, which can be a bit of a problem. So um, I don't believe that Fuji are, and from what I hear from people I know, Fuji have not been in actual production of film for a number of years now. Mm. But they do have an absolutely enormous amount of frozen stock yeah which can last indefinitely because the batch date you know the expiry date comes from when it becomes unfrozen <laughs> out. yeah that's right, right. Yeah. yeah so from then on that's your expiry date yeah. so they could keep on doing this if they have enough mm. for the next 10 years so I, th I guess the pattern the pattern of i think i don't know how this the, the sort of you know the rumor or the idea came about but certainly if you think about it logically the pattern of them having all these films or having quite a few films and then discontinuing certain ones it doesn't mm. really make any sense at the time when film was becoming popular so it all does point back to we ran out we had it in the freezer and it's run out now yeah and it it also sort of comes back to um fuji didn't foresee the idea of film coming back mm. they threw everything into the x line and into instax yeah and you know um so they actually, in a way, kind of were complicit in trying to make film disappear. <laughs> you know, um, they did what they felt was going to be the most financially suitable position for their shareholders. Yep. Which it has been. Yep. Um, they're not prepared to take risks for shareholders. No. Um, and the shareholders have not been calling for so to them it's it's totally irrelevant yeah. um i i don't i mean i think there's probably people in fujifilm who are like we should be doing this but their voices are drowned out i i i used to know somebody who was working in the film marketing department and he said it had basically been cut down to like four people and wow. one vote yeah yeah in yeah. an office yeah. in the back of the building because nobody wanted to have anything to do with yeah. them wow. you know their, their budget had been slashed um completely so uh unfortunately you know people ask me the question would those machines ever be for sale can you negotiate and no they wouldn't i know people who have come over to this country to try and negotiate with fujifilm and have been shown the door mm. so because yeah. they can always use them for something else. Sure. Yeah. Or they don't want somebody to copy their stuff. But... Yeah. Yeah. And make money off <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Very, so... very interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Um, no, it's not the greatest of news, but at the same time, I feel hopeful that it gives others opportunities to make something of the industry. Yeah. Um, How do you think? Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting viewpoint where you put what you said about Fujifilm. And I, yeah. What, how does that sort of then mesh with say what rico pentax are trying to do where they're looking to hopefully bring back film cameras in the near future it's it's an interesting kind of juxtaposition isn't it yeah it is um very much so it, and it was very left field sort of unexpected news from pentax rico mm. um but then again pentax rico is a much smaller company mm. and much more maneuverable yeah change and direction easier yeah fujifilm is the sort of company that's glacial in its changes due to, just due to its enormity mm. um it is a huge company it, with multiple multiple interests whereas rico is very much more a focused pentax rico is very much more a focused company yeah um so they are able to commit resources to yep. something like that and I which think. camera i mean they're talking about a, a compact and a premium compact as their first two cameras which ones would you like to see them bring back so um this was what confused me because they said initially when I first saw the thing, the, the release, it said, you know, researching cameras. And I thought, and they're going to use the Pentax brand name. And I thought, well, obviously it's going to be an SLR. 
that's what Pentax are famous for. Their SLRs, you know, maybe their medium format stuff. But yeah. but and if if they were going to make a compact, surely they would have branded it Ricoh because mm. you know that's what we know Ricoh for. Yeah. And then they said, no, we're going to be working on a compact. And I yeah. hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> hold on a minute. What's going on here? Um, so it's left me a little bit stumped as to what they're doing. I saw the video. They are 3D printing their prototypes based on previous models. Wow. So it could be an amalgamation mm. of a number of things. Um, I mean, logically, the compact camera route is going to be the easiest to slide into to get into the market. It's going to be the least outlay mm. because it's much less complicated to make than an slr mm -hmm. um they have the experience but pentax pentax compacts well that's the thing i did a video um just, before, uh, just after christmas about five cameras that they could look at only yeah. one of them on the list was the pentax the pentax sbo mini yeah the other four compacts of... yeah were, we're all rico because SBO. you know I, yeah. don't, I don't really want a pentax zoom camera coming back because it wouldn't no. as a you know as an enthusiast a zoom doesn't really suit me so no. I, I think, I mean, I, I've rewatched the video several times and I think there's um, people definitely working there with heart who know what they're doing, who yeah. really want to make a, a classic style compact camera. Mm. So I think, you know, I, I, I can't speculate. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's, it's, it's a very exciting thing. Dangerous territory. <laughs> well, it's a very exciting uh, development anyway, and we're all uh, you it know is. I'm waiting just to hear more. Eagerly awaiting and saying to Rico, like, "Hey, hit me up yeah. if you need help." Oh, excellent! <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Um, they probably don't listen, but uh, you know, so, I just, going back I'm a just few... excited Sorry. to see any company making mm -hmm. this kind of step. I think yep. it's vitally important. So. Absolutely. Now, I've just thought of another question. Uh, so a few years ago, I know that you were looking at bringing back a compact camera yourself. Yeah. And I think, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the sticking point was the shutter because not many people make shutters. Is that correct? So, well, there was a couple of sticking points. The main sticking point was the shutter. Uh, vertical plane shutter was made by Copal um, under license. It was actually made by Cosina under license for Copal and then um Cosina's license expired so they can no longer make them mm. and Copal the company itself went into receivership and it was sold off as part of a tranche of of company um intellectual property sure um copyrights and so on uh, which made it unavailable to actually get or copy that shutter so mm. the the only thing we could think of was to completely recreate a new one which would be incredibly expensive yeah. or you use old ones but then you can't guarantee the camera so yeah yeah and so how um, does that i mean uh, this is probably a massive question but how does the development of a shutter like that differ from say the shutters we get in our, our digital cameras that i don't know too much about i'm not going to say sure. it's probably, um, it's probably quite a big answer um i i know that for the compact cameras, it was a case of size, weight, right, and and so on. That, yeah. um, and also, I think the I, I don't know enough about digital cameras to know. You know, I know that um, one company wanted to use Sony shutters in their. They were going to make a film camera, and they were going to use Sony shutters for the wow. camera, mm -hmm. I believe. Um, and Sony just wouldn't let them. Mm. Yeah, you know. So there is also a case of I believe that a lot of these companies are like, no, this is our tech. You yeah. can't have. And Sony happened to own the, I'm guessing the Konica Minolta, yeah, uh, blueprints as well. Apps, apps, yeah, yeah. Um, I think a lot of the original film cameras used a very similar um, shutter basis. So we, yeah, it, it's it was looking to the point where we would have to build a factory. Yeah, okay. I, I, That's a big task. Do that. Yes. So, yeah. You know, 
Excellent. Well, I, I think that's all the, the hard-hitting, heavy uh, questions. <laughs> I've just got a couple of other slightly lighter ones. So, of course, I know I asked you on a live stream if you like cricket. And as a, as a good Englishman, of course, you said you love cricket. So growing yeah. up, you are a few years younger than me, but growing up, you know, who were your who was your favourite cricketer? Beefy Botham. Oh, Ian Botham, yeah, yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah, Beefy. Um, yeah. He was... Uh, he reminded me of my dad in some way. Yeah. yeah. Dad had the same hair and beard. Yeah. You know, and my dad would go onto the green and rub the ball and, yeah. you know, yeah. on his, his whites. And, yeah. And, you know, so, yeah, back then... For me, it was beefy, but beefy both, and that's my generation. Yeah, well, uh, he always had such a, a charisma, didn't he? And he was very swashbuckling. Yeah. I think he played yeah. actually played for Queensland a few matches. I think they, they know, kicked him out of the Queensland. Sort of bloke that you thought oh, I could go, you know, swing a few with him, and then go absolutely. and have a few pints. Uh, pints you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's that's fascinating. And do you, do you get to watch much cricket over there, or is it not on no, freeway? Not at all. Yeah, um, I mean, there it, it's not it's not really a thing that's seen here yeah rugby's only just started sort of yeah. becoming popular sure uh, uh so cricket i mean i get to watch some of the matches on youtube and whatnot oh, yeah yeah that's about it. things like that and that's about it um i used to live when i was at university i used to live next to edge baston oh yeah nice um, nice which was great so i used to go there from time to time yeah excellent um, but Brilliant. Yeah, okay, Japan so... doesn't really have a um, cricket scene, unfortunately. No, no I won't be... baseball maybe, but baseball yeah. definitely. But yeah, yeah. Okay, so thank you so much for your time today, Bellamy. Uh, I've really You're appreciate welcome. you you chatting to me. Uh, I've got a few yeah. other questions, but I think we're running out of time, and I've I've got to be conscious of your your precious time. So no, I've just got welcome. a few more questions yep. to ask you. There's a bit of a speed round here. I've got a handful. Sure. You've got to choose one of these, one or the other, without thinking too much. Okay, right. so are you ready for the speed round? Yep. Uh, Tokyo or London? Tokyo. Asahi or Sapporo? Sapporo. Uh, Japanese whiskey or Scotch whiskey? Japanese. Uh, Kodak or Fujifilm? Kodak. <laughs> uh, snow or Sakura? Sakura. Uh, Nikon or Leica? Uh, Nikon. Yeah, I thought you were going to say Nikon straight off the bat. That's interesting. And my last <laughs> question, would you rather, if you went back in time, would you rather be a sumo or a samurai? Uh, samurai. Samurai. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah. So it's probably either one of them would lead to an early death. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> low low uh, age expectancy. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you so much, Bellamy. I really appreciate your time today. It's been thank wonderful chatting to you. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, and thank you for having me on the show. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Take care. Cheers.